Amino acids are the basic building blocks of life, and I know firsthand how critical it is to stay healthy. Therefore, I've been on the lookout for quite some time for something that's 100% science-backed that could both help with strength, cardiovascular health, and active aging. That's why I'm so happy I recently discovered Life from the Amino Company. Life is a patented blend of essential amino acids that works to improve strength, heart health, and overall quality of life so you can stay healthy and active as you age. It's an easy-to-use powder that you mix with water for a delicious drink that keeps you healthy. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com slash genius. That's spelled A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash genius. Use coupon code genius for a 30% discount at checkout. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. My guest is Sarah Levon. She's a labor nurse and a birth coach. She's the founder and CEO of Bundle Birth a Nursing Corporation. So we're going to ask about her history and her current work, and I think this will be a great discussion. So Sarah, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, tell me a bit about your background. So I got my start into birth work as a labor and delivery nurse. So I am a registered nurse by background. I have only ever worked in the specialty of obstetrics. So I've carried multiple roles in the hospital from floor nurse, just a regular staff nurse that to take care of patients when they're giving birth to an educator, to a preceptor. So I would train new nurses coming to labor and delivery. Um, I actually was a part of a group of nurses here in Los Angeles who were revamping a childbirth education program in a large hospital out here. So I started teaching childbirth classes, learned about that, taught a bunch of specialty childbirth classes, developed a peer mentorship program, went into management, long story short, and held various roles in the hospital. Um, And I sort of got to a place where I felt like I had maximized my reach from the inside out. I had done a lot and sort of worked my way up a ladder that I didn't ever intend to work up and got a lot of experiences in various formats in the world of birth and then decided to quit my job in 2017 to start Bundle Birth and Nursing Corporation, really with the idea that I believe that I can carry my expertise or I believed at the time that I could carry my expertise into the world at large. I think as an entrepreneur, many people would relate to this, that you sort of don't know what you're getting yourself into. I had no background in business. Um, so I always say like, I don't know that I would have done this if I would have known what, what it took to get here, but I am now almost five years in and so grateful for the community that's been built through Bundle Birth, which is an organization that does education and support for both pregnant families, families giving birth, supporting them through their pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum experiences. And then the kind of new fun addition is what's called bundle birth nurses. So I also train labor and delivery nurses worldwide, mostly US wide in various things, 
sort of with the idea of bettering the system and helping families have better birth experiences. Um, one of my favorite things that I say all the time is like our goals are actually a healthy mom and a healthy baby or a healthy birthing person. And that to me is sort of obvious as a nurse, I care about your health overall. I want you emerging from your birth whole physically, but I think a lot of times as a medical community, we forget about the mental side of it. And so adding on to that, not only healthy mom or pregnant person, healthy, healthy baby, but also healthy birth memory. And so avoiding trauma. So, and so, yeah. All right, what, what does all this mean? I mean, what, what are some of the things that you saw that you intervened in to improve in the whole birth process? Yeah. What, what did you see the problems were? Yeah. So I think it depends on where we want to go with this because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we can improve in the maternity system in the United States. As we know, we actually are, we spend the most on healthcare in the, in overall, and we actually have the worst outcomes of all developed nations for maternal outcomes, right? For moms and babies giving birth. And so that alone was motivation to be like, what's going on here? And so what I found was there's actually an organization up in Northern California that's done incredible work in California for the maternity care system called CMQCC. And it's a collaborative of doctors, midwives, doulas, nurses, all of the specialties together to say, what does the research say to improve outcomes? And they came up with a lot of things. They have a lot of different toolkits. One of the ones that I focused on was increasing vaginal births. We know that vaginal births are safer overall than a cesarean. And obviously throughout labor and birth, your care team is weighing risks, right? And there are certain things that kind of tip you into that cesarean category where it says C-section is so much safer than a vaginal birth in this circumstance. But in general, without risk factors, without other things going on, vaginal birth is so much safer. And so one of the things that is really important to me and that I've worked with not only the birthing person side, but also the nurse's side is promoting what we call physiologic birth. And we know that, and actually one of the, one of the bullet points, there's five sort of things that CMQCC uh, states that is the most important for helping to increase vaginal births. And one of those is this push towards physiologic birth, meaning this change in culture, a change in perspective, moving the medical community from a perspective that focuses on the medical side of birth. If you've talked to a birthing person, if you've experienced a hospital birth yourself or are anticipating that, we know you're going into a hospital and the way that the maternity, I'm going to say the maternity care system, the medical system looks at birth a lot of ways and trains our doctors and nurses is to look at birth and be watching for alerts, to be on guard, to be anticipating complications versus understanding the body, what it naturally does on its own, knowing how to support the body to do what it knows how to do, and then supporting based on the circumstance, what's happening along the way with medical interventions. And so that shift from medical first to physiology first is one of the things that's one of my like missions in life. I have an eight hour online physiologic birth class for labor and delivery nurses. We've trained thousands of providers that includes midwives and doctors. But what, this- what, is this, what does this mean though? Physiologic? I mean, I don't know. What's an example of how, you know, a woman would give birth in the hospital right now versus the way that you're training, you know, what, what, how would, how would her experience differ uh, under the training you're talking about? I think it would be subtle for the birthing person's experience. But overall, pre-physiologic birth movement, you would come in, maybe your doctor would talk to you about an induction early. They would um, 
maybe encourage a C-section a little quicker. And then throughout labor, you go, let's say you go into labor, your contractions happen, you get to say six centimeters of dilation in labor, your body's progressing, it's, it's getting closer to birth. And at six centimeters, you, they recheck you four hours later, you're still six centimeters. In the past, that would mean that's criteria for a C-section. Whereas now what we're, what we're trying to teach is this bigger picture outlook on what's going on in the body. Let's be experts as medical professionals and experts of helping the, the pregnant person tap into their instinct because your bodies have so much internal communication helping you understand what's going on, whether you understand it or not, helping give, give motivation towards what to do. So what this looks like is I feel hip hip pain, like my right, like hip is just so sore and it just feels better to rock back and forth. Previous to that, we go, okay, get an epidural right now. We go, "Mm, interesting. Okay. Let's how, would it feel better to get out of bed? Would it feel better to stand and sway? All of a sudden you get up, you stand and sway. And sure enough, that sensation is giving you instinct that something's going on inside that is maybe the back of the baby's head's hitting your pelvis in a weird way. And so all of a sudden you start moving. I say motion is lotion, right? And so you start moving and all of a sudden that fixes itself. And what's happening in the body is you're assisting your body to help this baby down and out. And so, you know, it might be as simple as that, or it might be your six centimeters, four hours later, you're still six. And we go, instead of, well, let's have a C-section, you qualify. It's why are you still six? What's happening in the body? Is it a position thing with the baby? Is it a tension thing in your body? Is it because we haven't turned you a certain way? Or do you have any other sensation going on where your care team can help you to get this baby out vaginally, utilizing the internal physiology of the body to assist rather than immediately medical interventions? Again, medical interventions aren't bad. I'm a nurse. So like, I kind of don't mind medical interventions in a lot of ways, but we know that medical interventions carry side effects. They carry risk. And so what happens there is you eliminate that, you lower risk. And if we can get babies out safer, avoiding risk, that's ultimately healthy birth and hopefully healthy birth memory. Maintaining your strength and a healthy heart as you age helps promote healthy living and hence quality of life for all people as they age. To help prevent the natural decline of muscle and heart function, it's important to make sure you are getting the nutrition your body needs. And not just any nutrition, but science-backed nutrition, like Life by the Amino Co. You can take Amino Life as part of your daily, normal routine to help maintain muscle mass as you age, maintain good heart health, and increase longevity. A recent large clinical trial showed that Life was more effective than even exercise in maintaining strength and physical function in older patients. Further, life has been shown in clinical trials to clinically improve blood lipid profiles by reducing triglycerides, LDL, VLDL, and total cholesterol. Life is 100% science-backed and is designed for heart health and active aging, which are crucial for a total lifespan. Why AminoCo? Well, life works by triggering muscle protein synthesis, which is the body's mechanism for repairing and building muscle. When tested against any other protein source, life is more than three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis at stimulating muscle growth and repair. I know just how important it is for my quality of life and staying healthy as I age. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com genius. 
That's spelled A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash genius. I've been on the lookout for something that could help me support healthy blood flow and help preserve heart strength and function while also helping me maintain healthy triglyceride and LDL cholesterol levels. Further, something that tastes great and is easy to incorporate into my daily routine. So if you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to maintaining muscle mass and cardiovascular health as you age, I recommend you give life a try. Don't forget, right now you can get 30% off with code GENIUS when you visit aminoco.com slash genius. Plus, get a free gift with every new purchase. Okay, so I guess, you know, traditionally it's been a top-down approach. The doctor says, do this, do that, or the nurses say, do this, do that, and that's it, and there's no, or not much feedback from the patient. Oh, or, oh, you'll be fine, we need to do this. Or, oh, uh, don't worry about that, we need to focus on, you know, getting the baby out. But now it's more interactive, it sounds like, you know, with a woman that's giving birth, if she gives a suggestion, maybe it's more likely to be listened to. Is that what you're saying? Well, that is absolutely the other side of this that I am so excited to talk about. Cause there's this, there's this medical perspective of physiology first. And even in that, when we talk about the family giving birth or the pregnant person giving birth, there's what I would love to see is a culture shift towards trusting your instinct, trusting your body, tapping in and knowing your body, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And what that turns out to be is exactly what you're describing here is this push towards what's called a shared decision-making model. And this applies across all medical specialties, but for the sake of birth, most of the time you're not sick, you're alert, you're present. And again, like when you're having super painful contractions, you may not be super present during the contraction, but between you get a break. And so the movement towards and to where I see like this beautiful combination of shift in culture is not only a physiology approach, but then also a shared decision-making approach where a suggestion is made by your care team. They are there as your expert guide. They are not your decision maker. Whereas in the past, you're absolutely right, where it's like, well, I'm the doctor, you do this, versus a doctor approaching or even a nurse approaching in some circumstances a, hey, we want to break your water. We're going to make the suggestion to break your water back, right? The amniotic sac that holds all the water inside to help speed up labor. Then in that case, they would go into what are the risks of doing that? What are the benefits? And do we have any other options? That's an informed consent, but a shared decision-making model brings that to a whole nother level where all of a sudden they go, how do you feel about it? Because we know that in life, we are all carrying our life experiences, our traumas, our history, our culture, our religion, our ethnicity, our family dynamics, our relational dynamics, our preferences into our birth. And I'll say birth, but like also life, right? Because this applies for life. So when you're carrying all of that in, it's not a cookie cutter exact scenario or outcome for every single family, right? So if I say I'm making the suggestion and all of a sudden you have had a history of multiple stories in your life where they broke the water and XYZ happened, that's playing in your mind. That might be important for your care team to know about. Let's say you say that you have a history of some trauma where that feels extra stressful or you have a preference towards letting your body go on its own and saying, I don't want, I don't want to intervene whatsoever. I really trust the process and 
and I want it to happen on its own. That's going to play into your scenario or your decision versus you're like, I don't care what the heck we have to do. Let's just get this baby out. Yes, I am down. Give me all the drugs, do all the interventions. I have zero preference. This sounds great. Those are entirely different experiences and they're entirely different perspectives brought to the table. But unless your care team actually initiates that conversation, understands your rights and you are, you do have the right to all of this information. It is your care team's job to educate you. But then for you as the pregnant person or the person giving birth, the patient, it's your responsibility to take that in, ask the right questions. Hopefully your care team is approaching it this way and asking, what are your preferences? Voicing those preferences. And then guess what? You get to make the decision for yourself. Obviously taking in the expert's advice, But especially for labor and birth, labor and birth is very weird. It's not like a lot of other areas of medicine where we could say, we need to break your water right now. And it could be approached that way. Next thing you know, you have a little conversation. You say, you know, I really wanted to wait a couple more hours because fill in the blank. And the provider's like, okay, no problem. Yeah, let's come back in like four hours. And it's a non-negotiable, no big deal conversation. You're like, wait a second. You came in here like, we need to do this now. And so a lot of times it just, it forces that communication. It forces that relationship where the provider is treating you as an individual, as somebody who has valuable history to bring, who is healthy, who is cognizant enough to make your own medical decisions. And then you as the family makes decisions not out of fear. And there is so much fear surrounding labor and birth culturally, but instead of fear, you're replacing it with knowledge and you're making educated decisions instead of fear-based decisions. All of our decisions in life, right? When we make fear-based decisions, it's not always the best outcome, but the goal would be down-regulating your nervous system, lowering your stress levels, helping you feel more comfortable and confident with the process prior to getting there. And then in the moment, so that you can make those decisions that you look back on and go, wow, I did, I am so proud of myself for advocating. I understood everything going on. I feel confident about my birth experience. I feel bonded to my partner. I feel like I have a really cool story to tell the world. That's a healthy birth memory, right? And that piece of the mental health piece, your birth is a launching pad for the rest of your life. And so if we can kind of help usher from a medical world perspective of agency over your experience, letting your body do what it knows how to do, avoid unnecessary medical interventions, treat you as the beautiful, wise individual that you are, regardless how different you might be from the provider. I really think that is going to help heal our maternity system. Okay. So is this encouraging women that are giving birth to ask questions and not be afraid? Is this also counseling, you know, the doctor and the nurse and the medical team to offer, say, Hey, ask us questions or, you know, how do they let the, the, you know, the woman know that's giving birth, that's scared or tired or hurting, et cetera, go ahead and ask questions. And, you know, these are the options instead of just hoping that they'll ask. I think everyone has a role to play. And I think everybody needs to know what their role is in the room from a medical perspective, nurses, doctors, trained medical personnel are there to help offer their expertise about where we're at, what's happening, what's normal, what's maybe abnormal, right? And offer their perspective in a hopefully unbiased way. That's easier said than done, but we're working on it. 
But then as the pregnant person, there's a level of responsibility that, that to me, I see families taking and it impacting their experience. What that means is that prior to going in for their birth, they've done some education. They have put together a care team that they trust and that they have somewhat of a relationship with that they feel like they can be fully relaxed around that they are, that they walk into their birth feeling a level of confidence and knowing about the process that not everything is totally new. So then when you have these conversations, you sort of already have an idea what your preferences are, how you feel about certain things. It's not like, wait a second, hold on. I never had any idea this could come up along the way. There's some frame of reference. It's not all new. And then your care team translates what's happening it medically in your world to what you already know. They help apply. They help you ingest and understand. So it's a back and a forth, right? But your job as the pregnant person or the family is to advocate because I will say, like, especially because I work with medical, medical personnel, I am a birth coach. I'm at the bedside. I see all sorts of ways of practice for you to know that it is your right to have that information. It is your it is your right to understand what's going on. You are not a nuisance to the care team. And if they act that way, that's on them. Their job is to include you in the plan of care. So some tips for that, for advocating for yourself, because you may need to know how to speak up. You may meaning you do need to know how to speak up, especially if you're bringing a partner along with you, a support person. They need to understand. You should have these conversations ahead of time to know what's important to you and how to advocate for that information in the moment. Easy enough. It's okay. They've made this suggestion. I don't totally understand what's going on. They say, do you have any questions? How often this happens medically, right? You're like, uh, yeah, I guess I do. But like, I mean, I don't know what, but I should. And so the, the easy way to go about this is what are the risks? What are the benefits? And what are my other options, right? Which I've said before, but that is a tool to help you kind of facilitate those conversations. If they can give you an answer for all of that, you're going to get enough to take in and go, okay, now your responsibility then is to go, how does this sit with me? What did I talk about ahead of time? Hmm, new information. And then you can always ask for a moment. There are certain emergencies that can happen in labor and delivery, obviously, but for the most part, you saying, hey, can I have just a second to marinate on it? Can I sit on that? They're going to be like, okay, cool. Call us when you're ready. And then you sit and you talk with your care team. You talk with your doula maybe, or your partner and go, Hmm, what do we think? And externally process or internally process how that feels. Call them back and say, Hey, I have these new questions. It's their job to help fill in all of those gaps. It's your job to know how to get the information that you that you need. And then it's your job to make those decisions. In theory, obviously your, your provider is going to occasionally be like, I'm going to suggest this very strongly. And it may feel like they're making a decision, but I really believe that any decision, I not believe we know this to be true, that any decision should be yours to make no matter how big or small. And some of those, you might be like, I don't even need a conversation. Yeah. Great but you're consenting to that. So you have full autonomy over your body and experience. So what are, I don't know, what are some of the outcomes you've seen after you've done a training? What's reported back by either, you know, birthing mothers or the hospital or the care team? What, you know, what have you heard? 
a lot of really good things. <laughs> I think it depends, like depending on who you're talking to, I think from a nurse's perspective, they feel more satisfied in how they're functioning as human beings professionally. I think it's encouraging not only for the medical side, but also for families to feel empowered by their care team. They feel like their care team actually has tools to offer them, you know, or that their care team has learned a way to, uh, to explain certain things that they can understand. What I see really is collectively when this model is respected, whether it be a shared decision-making model and especially coupled with a physiologic birth focus of letting the body do what it knows how to do first and encouraging that families and particularly the birthing person feels more empowered through their experience. They feel like I did it versus the doctor got me there. The nurse got me there. Right. And that agency that, that, um, sort of like embodiment of their experience carries them into their bonded parenting, right? And then overall, what I see happening, I see, and then we know statistically happens through education and the right support, the number one predictor of trauma. So like mental effect and negative feelings about your birth is subjective distress and subjective is so subjective, right? It's not a concrete, this has to happen. You have to have an emergency C-section. Why do we have outcomes where some families are so grateful and bonded and totally whole coming out of their emergency C-section and others come out with symptoms of PTSD, you know, or having to deal with that forever or saying, I'm never going to have a baby, baby again. That middle ground to me is, did their brain get what they needed during the process and can they, um, sort of reiterate or can they embody their experience and understand what was in their control and what can they let go of? Where did that subjective distress happen? Um, medical professionals can do a lot to help protect against that. But when they understand what's going on, all of a sudden the scary becomes a little less scary. You know, labor's weird anyway. <laughs> and it can feel really scary when it can be totally normal. You know, and the number of times I'll have families look at me and the, the laboring person look at me and be like, this cannot be normal. Or I feel like I'm going to die. You know, like that's intense. But if you have someone from the other side pouring into you to say, to say, you're not dying. This is normal. Everything is perfect. You are almost there. We are right here with you. You are not alone. That subjective distress shifts. And what happens is we help avoid trauma and help them have those healthy birth memories. Is your job now just to disseminate this to as many hospitals and people as possible? Or like, what's the plan from here? Well, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of in transition right now of trying to figure out where do I fit in the bigger puzzle? Because one of the things that we've said for a long time is uh, we have a tagline called change the game. And really the idea is let's shift the culture of obstetrics in the United States. And that feels like a huge, tall mission that feels very overwhelming at times. And so how I apply that is through either it could be anything from one-on-one -on -one with clients. I do take personal clients occasionally. I am with them throughout their labor and birth. I do educate. I have classes online, all of that pouring into that earlier phase of prep for the moment. So you feel more confident going into your birth, but it may be that one starfish you throw back in the water. I tell this metaphor in our physiologic birth class of this beach, you come across the beach and you're, it's covered in starfish. And this little kid starts throwing starfish back in the water. And the dad who's with the kid is like, 
you know, like, come on, like, look at this, look at this beach. Like there's so many starfish. We're not going to be able to make a difference. And he throws another one back in and goes, it mattered for that one. And so I remember that I have to think about that analogy when I'm, you know, overwhelmed by the system or feeling like we're not making change fast enough, but it may be one-on-one throwing the starfish back in the water. And then really how, how I see my impact in this is educating families, getting them ready, supporting them through their experience throughout, providing resources to help them understand, help them process. And then on the medical side is helping families have better experiences in the hospital and be aligned with what they're learning through me on the on the flip side, right? So you can show up to the hospital and the nurse is like, that's not, that. no, we don't do that. And it feels really disempowering when I'm teaching evidence-based information and up-to-date information that hopefully feels really confidence building. And so they show up to the hospital and the care team's like, yep, I got it. I'm right here with you. You are not alone in this. You have the support you need. You have medical professionals that understand your rights as a patient. They give you that information you need to make informed choices. They support you along the way. We push physiology first to hopefully increase vaginal birth rates overall, helping with morbidity, mortality in the United States. And then, and then ultimately people come out, hopefully more healed through their experience. So I really believe that the, the game changing theme from all sides is that people need more education and more support that it's that, I mean, it's that kind of perfect combination of you can know the knowledge, but if you don't feel alone in the unknown, the scary, the, the other side of the flex and flow of how labor goes that we can't anticipate, you're going to have a more positive birth experience. And I do see that through my personal work and then collectively through like the masses. Well, very good. What's the best way for people to find out more about your work? And, you know, if they're heading towards, uh, you know, giving birth, uh, getting their care team, as you said, uh, you know, signed up for this program or at least aware of it and and then themselves. Yeah. So the easiest way is to just go to bundlebirth.com and all my links are there. I do have a YouTube channel um, where I have hundreds of free videos to help sort of begin this process. That's a great place to start if you're pregnant, newly pregnant, considering getting pregnant. If you're a nurse or you know a nurse or a medical professional, you can head to bundlebirthnurses.com. We do have a podcast. We have social media on both accounts. And so, especially based on your profession, I think the nurse's side is also kind of interesting for families too, because you kind of get to see both sides. But either way, I think website's probably the easiest. I am Sarah Lavon on YouTube and then Bundle Birth and Bundle Birth Nurses on Instagram. Well, very good. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go, if you're looking for a nutritional advantage, be sure to check out AminoCo's 100% science-backed life formula. It was created by lead scientist and co-founder Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes, set national age group records, and he's still running and fueling his body with life at age 75. I recommend you give life a try. It's three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any protein source. The Amino Co. is giving our listeners 30% off all Amino Co. products, including life. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com slash genius and use coupon code genius for a 30% discount at checkout. Remember, go to aminoco.com slash genius and use the code genius to get 30% off at checkout. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. 
You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.